Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Thursday. It's the 11th day of June 2020. You can find this show at abriefchat.com, where you'll also find all the previous episodes and a link to become a member. Huge thanks to everyone who has already become one. As promised, yesterday I forgot to do the new feature I started on Tuesday, which was to read radical events on this day in history from the Slingshot Organizer and the Certain Days Calendar. I started it on Tuesday. I said, tomorrow I will forget this, so somebody email me. And then yesterday I forgot it, and uh, unfortunately nobody emailed me, but I just happened to remember today. So here goes. Uh, On this day in history, in 1963, a Buddhist monk immolated himself in protest of the U.S.-sponsored South Vietnamese dictatorship. In 2010, the U.S. State Department permitted transgendered persons to change the gender on their passport without surgery. And today is also the International Day of Solidarity with Marius Mason and long-term anarchist prisoners. Yesterday morning, we were sitting on the couch in our living room before Owen went to work, and Owen happened to look out the window, and along the wall that's behind our apartment, there's a row of eucalyptus trees that are actually in the backyard of the small housing complex on the other side of the wall. And Owen spotted on a branch in one of these trees a hummingbird nest. I don't know if you've ever seen a hummingbird nest before, but it's... An almost magical little creation. I mean, they're spun from plant matter and spider webs. And that's that sounds like a thing I'm making up in a fairy story, but that's actually the truth. And, you know, they're tiny, as you might imagine, imagine, because hummingbirds are tiny. And we saw the nest. There was no hummingbird in it. But then later in the day, I spotted the hummingbird in the nest. I could just see its back tail feathers sticking out over the edge of the nest. And then as the day went on, I was able to get some photos of it through with my camera, uh, my phone camera, I should say, you know, facing in my direction so I could see the bill. And of course, I got out my binoculars and I spent a lot of the day on the couch watching the hummingbird on the couch, both because it was the best uh, viewpoint from which to see the nest. I couldn't really see it from the balcony uh, or from the studio. And also because it was 107 or something like that yesterday. And so, you know, the couch is air conditioned. Well, the couch is an air conditioned, but the room the couch is in. Oh, an air conditioned couch. Is that a thing that that has to exist? Somebody made that in a sharper image catalog in the 80s, right? A couch that you would sit on and it was cool to the touch or warm to the touch. There's definitely have to be those in Japan. I mean, I certainly experienced the warming and cooling toilets when I was there, but there has to be a temperature controlled couch. And if not, copyright 2020 Jason Crane, trademark 2020 Jason Crane. So... In the course of watching this bird during the day, I ended up watching a National Geographic documentary about hummingbirds, and I listened to a bunch of birding podcasts, and I bring all of that up, A, because it's cool, and B, because it speaks very much to the way my life tends to operate, which is with these kind of all-consuming passions that are of a kind of short-ish duration, So, for example, a couple years ago, I got really into birding, and I got myself a set of binoculars, I got a bunch of different birding guides, I spent a ton of time outside, you know, making lists of birds that I was seeing, and all that kind of stuff, and then 
one day, not as the result of a decision, but just because I kind of stopped doing it. And the whole time we lived in state college, we had bird feeders out right outside our kitchen window. And I was always into watching the birds that came to the feeders and that didn't really stop. But the listening to all the birding podcasts and reading birdie magazines and going out to look for birds and that kind of thing, I just stopped doing that. And then today I saw the hummingbirds and immediately I was kind of back down that rabbit hole. And that happens to me in a bunch of different areas. Shakespeare is another great one. I adore Shakespeare and I'll go for months and months at a time without reading any Shakespeare, without really even thinking about Shakespeare too much. And then I'll hear a Shakespeare reference or I'll see a book on a shelf or whatever it might be. And I'm back down the rabbit hole. And then for maybe weeks at a time, I'm just reading Shakespeare, reading about Shakespeare, listening to shows about Shakespeare, watching recordings of plays, all that kind of stuff. There are so many areas of my life that operate just that way. I mean, it's certainly been true in relationships before, too, where, you know, I have a, a brief, passionate relationship with someone that's just then it's over and it's just all the way over. And I've often wondered about this particular tendency in myself. First, the positives. The main positive of this is that I have developed a base of knowledge that is very, very broad, not necessarily all that deep, but very, very broad because I will get interested in a topic and for at least a little while, I mean, which may be from a couple of weeks to, you know, a year or something like that, I will go all in on this topic. Of course, I can't retain all of that, but I'll at least retain enough that on a wide variety of subjects, I at least have something to say. Or if I'm interviewing someone, for example, uh, which, you know, like on my old morning show where there would be people from all walks of life, I at least had kind of some hook to get into the conversation with. And I wasn't completely at sea when people were talking about things. Now, the flip side of that is that I don't have a super deep knowledge. I don't think of any topic particularly. Like, I think I'm reasonably well-versed in a few things. But even though I've been hosting a jazz interview show for 13 years, I wouldn't put my knowledge up against any like freshman or sophomore in college in terms of the history of the music, the structure of the music, any of that kind of stuff. I just I have the particular set of skills that I have. This is turning into a Liam Neeson speech. And those skills include the ability to kind of make intuitive leaps based on a smattering of information and that's lucky because a smatter of smattering of information tends to be about what i have <laughs> now a larger negative and i'm not a hundred percent sure if this is related to this fleeting passions thing or not a larger negative and i kind of alluded to this yesterday when i was talking about my religious calling is that i i tend not to finish a lot of things or I just tend to let things go. So for example, I went to college for one year from 1992 to 93, and then my parents kicked me out of the house. And then I didn't go back until about the year 2001 or two, when I had a job that required that I take a civil service exam and that civil service exam required a college degree. And this was a job running a, a publicly owned radio station. That's why it had to have a civil service. It was owned by a school district. And so I went back on the school district's dime to finish my bachelor's degree. 
That was in about 2002. This year is 2020, um, although it seems like it should be more, but it is 2020. So that's 18 years, and I have never finished this bachelor's degree. And what's even worse, if you want to assign a value to it, is that I've done all of the classes. All that's left is to write some essays that will be judged by other people so that some of my life experience counts toward credit hours. And that's, I mean, it's a, a not an insubstantial amount of work, but it's not a, you know, a huge amount of work. It's certainly not an insurmountable amount of work. And in 18 years, I haven't done it. Well, not I wasn't ready to do it in the whole 18 years, but let's say probably 15 of those 18 years, I could have done that and I haven't done it. And there's an entire other set of things I'd love to do, either, you know, maybe, maybe become a member of the clergy somehow, or as has been suggested for my entire life, maybe teach. But I can't do those things without a master's degree, at least. And I can't get a master's degree because I don't have a bachelor's degree. And I just don't finish the bachelor's degree. I'm not 100% sure that those two things are related. The, the deep but fleeting passion thing and the often can't complete big tasks thing. The often can't complete big tasks thing, that might have more to do with kind of self-esteem issues and stuff that I think kind of originated in my childhood and a, a general sense of failure and lack of self-worth. I think that might be more what's fueling that that other thing. But I do wonder about myself. You know, when I look at the fact that, you know, in a few years I'll be 50 and I don't really have a career. I mean, I'm not really a career person, but I mean, I don't really, for all of the stuff that I've done, the sum total of all of it is that I like barely survive, you know? And so in one sense, I don't care about that because I try not to grade myself on society's not only arbitrary, but generally speaking, harmful standards for what constitutes success. And yet, I look at the sum total of my life and the things that I kind of have as a result of it, or the amount of security I have as a result of it, and that amount of security is almost zero. You know, we're always, and and well, just speaking for myself, I'm always one incredibly minor calamity away from being in a ton of trouble. So that's something I have been thinking about for years and years, this fleeting passion thing and this inability to finish things. Uh, it's something I've talked about with therapists before. It's something I've thought about in meditation. I just, I never end up with an answer, really. And I haven't, you know, gone back and finished any of those big things that I thought I'd like to finish. And it's difficult for me to look forward and imagine that I ever will. Anyway, if you have any ideas about any of this, I, you know, I'd certainly love to hear them. You can reach me at jason at abriefchat.com. Uh, as I always like to point out, I post on social media, but I do not go on social media. So I don't see replies or direct messages or any of that stuff. So if you want to get a hold of me, jason at abriefchat.com is the way to do it. I hope you are having a nice day. I hope uh, things are going okay for you generally. I hope you're staying safe. I hope your family and friends are safe. I hope you get every once in a while to talk to somebody who likes you for who you are, because all that stuff is pretty important. I love you. A better world is possible.